Hey guys, we have Tim Ripper Owens here along with Tom Collier, and they're here to talk about their new project, Held Hostage. It's an old school American rock metal sound. And if you grew up listening to that kind of music in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, you're going to love this. So we're going to discuss the new album, plus COVID, cancel culture, Bolivian cocaine, mental health, veterans, and oh, so much more. And I don't think I've laughed this hard in an interview in a long time. Uh, a quick note, though, it is a Zoom call, so sometimes Zoom's a bit finicky, sometimes they freeze up, so just try to be patient with that. And sometimes there's a silence, not because of a, a technical difficulty, but just because I'm laughing so hard. So, enjoy. Uh, so, Tom, you're going to have to tell me, I mean, everybody knows Tim's story, uh, but I don't know a lot about you, Tom. So tell me your background and your your story. Like, were you in other bands before Held Hostage? or? No, I started Held Hostage back in uh, 84, 85, and I've always been had the same band, but I stopped playing for a while. You know, I, I was a single dad, raised my son by myself, and I came back in 2014, 2015, and I decided to come back and play. Oh, okay. So then how do you two know each other? Our manager, my manager, introduced me to Tim. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was uh, uh, his manager helps out three the three trimmers on some stuff we do, and Sean Peck from Cage and and three trimmers. So we have this connection, and uh, uh, that's how we got introduced. And yeah, and you recorded the first album in 2018. Now you got this new one out. Now, do you do live shows together, or how do the, do you do live shows at all? We're doing one right now. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> we got one in what oh, three hours? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, he'll, they'll do shows whenever they do some special shows or want to do something. I'll, I'll guess sing or come out and do, you know, seven eight tracks from from what I, you know, both the records and uh, um, it's kind of fun. You know, it's just a special guest kind of night. You know, Tom will sing uh, half the set and then I'll sing half the set. Oh, okay. Now, are you both in Ohio? Is that? No, I'm in New York. I'm staying in New York, and he's in Ohio. But we're in New York right now. <laughs> we, yeah. He travels to come hang with us. Yeah, I try up in the Syracuse kind of area in this, you know, Weedsport tonight, the old famous Weedsport. And uh, um, I'll I'll just drive here. It's about a six-hour drive and, and, you know, do the show and head back in the morning. Okay. So is there more show schedule? I mean, you're not going to tour. You're just going to do shows locally? Well, we're playing tour, but not together. Ripper's got, like, you're going to Australia, you're going all yeah, over. Yeah, I got a lot, a lot of touring coming up, and I have my solo record, uh, Ripper, coming up, and just so much stuff coming up busy-wise, and uh, so they're going to try to put something together yeah. and do something. Yeah, we'll be touring East Coast, and uh, I think in November, we're, we're signed up, actually, we're on the phone this morning about some shows, so we'll do probably 10, 12 state East Coast tour here pretty soon. Oh, okay, nice. Could you maybe, like, open up for one of Ripper's other bands, like KK's Priest or something like that? We would love to, but that's a big show. I mean, that's their record label usually takes care of that stuff. I mean, that's um, like when KK Priest is something is probably, I mean, you guys are probably booked for next year. I mean, everything that's coming out now was booked two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shows you're seeing now are from two years. The big tours, like what KK's Priest would be doing. Okay. Uh, am I overspeaking? Yeah, no, that's, but that is it. People, people wonder why KK's Priest did tour. I'm like, well, it's because. Most of the tours out there were that. And now we just decided to probably do a new record instead yep. of touring. So. Oh, so the, the KK's Priest doesn't have any uh, dates lined up or anything? 
Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think it became so late into the game with the COVID thing. I think it was like, do we wait this long to tour? Or do we maybe start working on a new record at some point here? So when we do tour, we can have two records to tour on. So. Right. And I think I heard you say that uh, KK wants to do more like a bigger shows, like festivals and things. He doesn't want to do like club shows and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to go do club shows or small venues. I mean, it's going to have to be a pretty good size type of an event, you know? Uh, um, And that's just, you know, you know, it's, it's that point of his career where why would he want to go do something else? And, you know, maybe some good supporting slots, go out on the road with co-headlining and supporting and, festivals i mean things like that yeah no very cool so the new stuff the held hostage i don't even know how how would you describe this i i to me it's kind of like acdc meets ozzy meets nazareth i I don't know if that's a good description or how would you describe it great american rock yeah (laughs) i i think it is i think when i heard it i mean it's you know you hear the acdc vibe you hear the the uh the rock vibe you know you hear the the, even the, the kind of LA guns kind of stuff coming in there from the eighties, the stuff, you know, you hear this because it's just a hard rock, rock and roll, hard rock, heavy stuff, you know, and it's uh, um, in this new record. I even like even more. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, the new record, the first record, the Ripper saying he basically, he stepped in and did some stuff with this record. The Ripper, he had free reign on the vocals and like he, I, I told him he produced the record. I mean, produced the vocals on this song. And this whole album, it was just great. He would send it to me with, when he sends you tracks, this is totally different. He sent me for each song, 10 to 12 tracks. One of me had 14 tracks on there. Yeah. I think it was Rise. I was yeah. like, holy cow. And it, was, it was just great stuff. I mean, he had the basic tracks sent to him, but I mean, what he did to it was just incredible. And he constantly would send notes with everything. He, every time he sent me a track, he said, hey, why don't you try this, this? And I tried and send it back to him and it, it just worked. It was a great, great thing what he did with us. Very helpful. Okay, so did um, Tim, did you do any of the songwriting, or is it all you, Tom? Well, I, I wrote 11 of the songs, but I wrote the music to the master, and my rhythm guitar player wrote uh, the, we wrote the vocals together, the second and third verse to the master. Okay, yeah, very but nice. The rest of the songs I write, the rest of the songs I wrote myself, yeah. Okay, and then, so tell me about the, because just right when you look at it, I'm like, I love this album cover. Uh, but explain it to me, because it's the hammer, which you've used for the first album, but now there's an American flag draped over it, and it's it's burning. So I don't know was this a, was this an accidental burning, or is somebody purposefully no. lighting the flag on fire? No, 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 no. It's actually we're, we're setting the world on fire <laughs> with the music. So that hammer was drawn by Stanis Decker. He does like Megadeth and everybody's from France. So the hammer and the thing, we own the rights to that hammer. A lot of people thought it was Thor's hammer. If you look at it closely, it's got the HH logos on it. So they. The, so there was in the first album when it crashed through the earth, you see the molten lava come through on the um, epic album. So we kind of added that at the bottom of the hammer, just you know, unflagged. Okay, all right. And it had no symbolization other than we're rock, you know, in America. Okay, good. I just didn't want anyone to misinterpret that and think it was like anti-American or. <laughs> you know how people do that these days. Oh right? God, we're post patriotic. Yeah, reverse on that. Yeah, yeah. we're definitely <laughs> patriotic Americans. Definitely. Yeah. You know, one thing I saw, I noticed too, like the song Your Eyes, and I think there was a couple other ones where uh, the, when the song ends, it like fades out and the vocals are still going on. I was like, oh, this is so cool. This reminds me of like listening to, to like tapes when I was a kid and the song would fade out with the vocals. That's very rare. That's a throwback, right? You did that on purpose, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, yes, I did. That was one of the ideas I had when I was fading them. I wanted the swallows to fade out and continue learning. I was, but you could still hear the vocals over top of everything at the end. I brought the music down as I faded, and I kind of brought the vocals up just a little bit. It just so it's really cool because you're the second person to notice that. In my contract, I'm not allowed to be faded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then, so tell me about this one, the song Chaos. Um, and this is just an instrumental. So it, it's yeah. it's funny because it still says on Spotify, like featuring Tim Ripper Owens. But I was like, I mean, unless he's like playing the banjo or the tambourine or something, I don't hear any vocals. So but, I, but you did I it live. <laughs> What? He was playing the sambas in the background. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm surprised. So th that must have poured it over. It shouldn't say that, but that was, so that was a song that like three weeks before we went in the studio, we were in a, we were getting rehearsing for the record. And I wrote that song chaos. We cut that live in the studio. One take, there's no edits on that. We just did it live. I said, guys, let's just rock this song out. And, and that's the way we did it. I mean, the whole album was cut live with click tracks. So everybody was playing at the same time. We were in different rooms. We could see each other. And so I would just give them the look. It was like, we're changing key right now. And it just came together. I said, if you mess up, you're going to look stupid on the record. It was one take, one cut, and it was over. Okay, you know? so it's it's live, but it's live in studio, not live in a concert yes. setting. Yeah, but there was a bunch of people watching us live cut that, too. Yeah, we okay. came in the studio. It was a fun time. We just let everybody come in, and we just, we just cut loose on it. I said, we're doing one take, one take only. How long did it take you to record the whole album? Uh, day and a half, but that's oh, just the recording part. Yeah. But there was a lot of edits and that, that was just the basics. Then you got the guitars, you got the vocals, you got the, you know, the mixing and stuff like that. But the basic tracks, we did them in a day and a half. Wow. It's amazing what, what you can do with recording these days. I mean, cause it sounds top notch. It doesn't sound like off in any way. I mean, and that's most of the stuff I listen to these days. It's really easy to record high quality songs. It seems like. Our, every song is live that we recorded. So we, what I did is we rehearsed like we record, you know, so we, the guy, we had a click track going at every rehearsal, everybody just prepared how we were going to do it. We knew exactly what was happening. And like the songs that I wanted to fade out, we would carry on. I mean, sometimes, I mean, we'd send you a song that was six minutes long that turned out to be four and a half yeah. minutes, you know? Cut out my best stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, here's another one I was like, uh, I got a little uh, worried about. The song Be a Man. I was like, uh-oh, they're going to get canceled. You said, stand tough and be a man. Do do the everything the best you can. Are you worried that someone's going to say misinterpret those lyrics and, as you saying women can't be tough? No, it's nothing like that. It's like, you know, that could be for a man or a woman, but like when we were growing up, you know, we're old school guys. It was like, you just man up to something. If you if you made a mistake, you just man up to it. That's all. It's nothing, you know, I don't believe in the cancel culture. If they want to cancel us over a song, that's their issue. This song has nothing to do with sexism. It's about standing up and being yourself. Everybody in their lifetime, including myself, went down the wrong path. It's about turning yourself around. When I was younger, I partied way too hard. I did so many things. But I, you know, then I got married and had a kid, and I was like, you know, it's time I man up and went and did something with my life. And that's what it's all about. It's about, in fact, the man last up and be a they. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Man up and be a, what, what pronoun can I use? Man up and be a he, he they, what it. Yeah. <laughs> I think two people are too sensitive in this world. You know, it's like, that's just, uh, you know, we're not out it's, to hurt anybody. We just they up. Yeah, absolutely. They up. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, I held the flashlight for my father while he worked on vehicles. And let me tell you something. 
he screamed and yelled at you because I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know, we grew up in a different era than these kids did. I mean, if we did something wrong, you know, my father said, no, it was nowhere. You got knocked on your ass. But we were waiting. We, hey, we didn't do. We listened to. We were respectful and everything else, you know. Yeah, it does seem like that's an issue these days, though, with with people not being not even I wouldn't even say be a man, but like be an adult is maybe that's a better way to say it. Like just growing up. It seems like everybody sure, just wants sure. to be a kid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just we grew up in the country. I mean, we had my, my closest neighbor still is a mile and a half. From me. You know, it was like we grew up, we rode our bicycles to our friends' houses. And, you know, our parents left us out till dark. It's again, it's nothing to do with anything other than that's the way it is. You know, it's what, what that's the way I was brought up. You mm-hmm. know, it's like we're again, I, I don't think anybody should be offended by it. be a man. I really don't because it's like I've heard people say be a woman. You know, that doesn't offend me in any way at all. Mm-hmm. You no, know, right? Woman, hear me roar. Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. 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 No, it's I great. Think there's too much, too much of that stuff people worry about. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, so tell me about the song uh, Rise, because it says in, in parentheses on that one, it says uh, stop suicide of all ages. Is that dedicated to someone who took their own life or? Well, we, had, we had a couple former members that uh, killed themselves. And also the I've got some friends. Why I didn't want to do the vocals in the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the vocals did. Absolutely. But yeah. So, but yeah. So a couple of the guys who committed suicide. And in fact, one of them visited me the night before he did it. And I had no clothes. So I thought this would be a good, and I was, I had another friend that's a veteran that he's tried to commit suicide twice. And I've been helping him with his music and uh, actually helping him record and producing him. And it's really turned his whole life around. So I wrote the song Rise. And that is one of my favorite songs. And that's something, here's a perfect example of the end of that song. And I tell this all the time, don't I? Ripper sends that song back to me. And so the chorus is in G and the pre-chorus is, or the post-chorus is in E minor. He mixed them together which I would have never thought to do that. If you listen to the end of the song, he put, sent that to me. And I, I was like, I texted him like, holy shit, that's incredible. I love this. I mean, how did you do that? What would make you think of that? And then you do your little David Bowie thing at the yeah. end. But I mean, the way he just, he just so much emotion in that song too. But when he did that, it was incredible. And, and again, we, the, the goal for that song is to help people. It's mm-hmm. about stopping, you know, if that helps one person not commit suicide, then you know what? It's a platinum a platinum song to me. There's nothing better than that. Absolutely. That's that's why I bring it up because I feel like that's something that, that more people need to talk about. And uh, I always try to bring up mental health stuff. And it, it, you'd be surprised how many people are dealing with that. People that I'm like, oh, this person's like a big rock star. And then they'll tell me that like they have anxiety or depression. I'm just like, really? Wow. It's like, it's really surprising. When I did the song, a lot of people reached out to me too. It's the same thing with Show Me the Way Back Home when I did that song. But you know, it was for veterans and things like that. But this song right here, a lot of people that have heard it have already reached out and, and just said, wow, it's really helping them. And that's mm-hmm. that's the important part. It's all about helping them, guys, and making sure that, you know, they, they need to reach out for help. I had no clue that my friend was going to kill himself. Had not He hugged me goodbye. He spent the night. So we rehearsed in an old schoolhouse. I bought the schoolhouse. We started off in Pig Slaughterhouse, the hell hostage did. And then I bought the schoolhouse. We still rehearsed. We've rehearsed there for 30 years. And uh he came over and he said, I'd like to spend the night in school. I said, we can spend the night. I said, no, I'd like to spend the night in school. And I said, okay. And at that point I was running my own business and I had left music. So he comes out, he gives me a hug in the morning. We had coffee together. His daughter calls me at 10 o'clock in the morning and says he killed himself two hours after he left. Yeah. That's horrific. Wow. Well, I'm sorry I, for I that. Time, it was time to sit down and write a song to help people. And that's what that song's all about. Yeah. Well, that's what you can do is uh, raise awareness through the music. I think. 
That's great. Absolutely. And is that is this Fallen Brothers? Is that about? I'm assuming that's about veterans, but I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. It is. It is about veterans and stuff. It started off so when I'm writing songs, morph into something differently. That one started off as guys in the band that have passed away. There's seven guys in the band. This band, you get Ripper won't join the band because yeah, I'm not joining a band. These people all passed away. I said, kiss of death. This band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are dying to leave this band. Not in it. <laughs> We should have never told him all that stuff. My career's went down the toilet since then. I feel like <laughs> I bought my cemetery plot when I did guest vocals. On. That was part of the deal. <laughs> oh, God. So Fallen Brothers actually turned into about the military and stuff. My whole family's military and stuff. And I, when I'm writing something, it starts with one thing and it broadens out. And, uh, and that's what it turned into is the fallen brothers around the world and brothers and sisters. It's not just brothers and sisters. That song is for everybody. Again, I'm not going to say fallen people. I said fallen brothers, you know, hmm? but yeah. that's meant for everybody. It's not, it's, it's, it, it shouldn't offend anybody, you know, and if it does, we apologize for that, but that was never the meaning of this band. This band's out, been out. We've raised over a million dollars helping families and people in need, military, really? people that lost home, things like that. Yeah, this band's noted for helping people. You can look at our website, over a million dollars we've raised helping people. We've given away, we ask nothing in return. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I don't know if you know, I always end each episode uh, promoting a charity, so that's really cool to, I love hearing stories like that. I think that's awesome. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, and you said, show me the way back home. That one is also about veterans? That is absolutely about Vietnam veterans. My brother was in Vietnam, so after talking to him, and then I went out and met with a bunch of veterans and stuff. And so I wrote that song. And here in Cuyahoga County, they wanted to, they were trying to build a memorial for the soldiers who didn't come home in New York. So we played free concerts. I donated every penny from that song to them. And they built their memorial last year. Okay. And then that's yeah. another one that Tim is not on. It's actually Joe Lynn Turner, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was so Joe and I worked together before I met Tim. And that's a, so we went back and we did an acoustic version of that song and stuff. So yeah, that's Joe singing that one. What did you think about, um, have you seen his new look? He, he, he came Absolutely. out. I he's... sent him a nice message out there. Yeah. Yes. It seems I like he's getting a lot of positive feedback. Well, Joe's been wearing a wig for a long time, you know, and he's had the or alopecia and stuff. So it's, um, it's a pretty brave move to do, you know, a ripper said he's going to shave his head after the show or during <laughs> the show, right? I said I'm gonna shave my back. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, have you always been this funny, like in interviews and stuff? Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. Even on stage, he's got a great sense. Yeah, when I was in Judas Priest, we tried to make me at the beginning real evil, and they know like, all right, we're gonna be serious. There's no Tim; it's just Ripper Owens. And the first interview that came out was Tim, and then we start doing these interviews and. They was like, okay, never mind. This is all humor. It's all fun. Yeah, I heard you do this one interview, and you were talking about uh, <laughs> you were talking. It was like during COVID or something. You said that you got the COVID vaccine, but you were still going out and you were doing all these shows, and you called yourself a super spreader. And then you said that you killed more people than Charles Manson. Yeah, <laughs> I had to throw my phone down. I was laughing so hard, and the interviewer well, didn't. Listen. He didn't even s- smile. He didn't laugh at all, and I was dying. I know. Well. I, I love to talk about that because, you know, I had, you know, back, you get the vaccine and you get the boosters, but you still can catch COVID. And I get, I have to get the booster up to date to go to Spain in a couple of weeks, oh. but that doesn't 
But that doesn't mean I don't have COVID coming into the country. I mean, right. being vaccinated, you can have COVID just as easy. It's a fact as someone who's not vaccinated. I mean, we I might live longer than my 55-year-old buddy, but, you know, but it, I've, uh, that's what makes me laugh. I call myself a super spreader because if I'm sick, I'm not going to get tested every time I'm sick. I got vaccinated, so I should be healthy. Right. So I think the vaccine just minimizes your symptoms, supposedly, or makes them less. It makes them less severe. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I could be one of those good vaccinated people who only kill as many people as OJ did, but I'm (laughs) going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Charles Manson, not OJ. (laughs) OJ with only two people, so that's uh, way down the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, it seems like maybe maybe those people are making a bad decision then if they're not taking their own health into it's more their fault than your fault because you can't stop a virus. No, listen, I'm not mad at unvaccinated people. and I'm not mad. I just hate unvaccinated people dishing, getting on the vaccine people and the vaccinated people acting like unvaccinated people are the problem. It's like, no, you guys are all out there dancing around at parties. Like you're fine because you're vaccinated. I mean, everybody could be spreading it where we have to live with it now. I mean, it sucks. It's serious. You still got to take it serious, but you got to live. Yeah. So you have to vax to go like to different countries because America, it's not that strict, but to other countries, yeah. you actually. No, they, Amer- people can't come to America unless you're vaccinated or you're tested. I mean, uh, America was actually the last country that lifted the you have to be tested policy. Everywhere else in the world, you can go in, I could go in and be vaccinated or tested. But you have to be vaccinated. America was the last country to lift for Americans coming back in that we had to be tested. Now you just have to be vaccinated, you know. But once you're yeah, in you America, should... you can do whatever you want, kind of, sort of. Well, and you can't anywhere else. I mean, yeah. but the funny thing is, I'm playing Bolivia. They're all they're the people when I land there is telling me how great the cocaine is there. We got the best cocaine in the world. And this is what they're talking to me about. And I'm looking at everybody in masks around me. And I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, yes. I said, you're peddling cocaine to me, which is killing Americans and killing people. But yet you all got masks on so you don't die. What the hell? I'm confused. I said, how do you even snort the cocaine? You have, to take, you have, a, a, like a, you have your own design in Bolivia that's got a straw that comes out and... You know what I mean? Like you, you walk down the street somewhere that they're all wearing masks and there's like dead dogs and chickens on the ground. And I'm like, listen, I mean, that masks is the last thing I'm worried about. Yeah. Do you do I'm cocaine? I mean, was, are you going to try I'm the cocaine? I was shot next door to my hotel last night, you know? Yeah. Are you going to try the cocaine? Is that, is that something you ever did or? Uh, yeah, of course I've tried it. I loved it. But. That was a long time ago. And being a musician and a singer, you can't do that. You can't, you know, I, these guys know, I just, you know, but it's funny you say that though. Cause I, I said to him, God, I just would love to just try a little teeny bit to say I tried it. But I said, I would be, I have show every day. And I'm like, I can't even, I just give me the water. I don't even want to drink the water, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clean and, and normal on the road. You know, I gotta be, uh, I can't do anything. Well, yeah, you gotta be in shape for your voice, right? I mean, otherwise you can't sing. Yeah, I don't. I leave the hotel like right before the show. I don't even do sound checks once I start touring, and then I 
when I come off the show, the stage, sometimes I just grab my bag and walk right out the door to a car and and leave. Just because I want to go to the hotel and rest. Do you still do all the... Now, so how's that? the Sorry, what? I was just going to say... I was um, say the Bolivian Coke wouldn't have been very good at my resting in the hotel. No, no. Now, how about... Um, are you guys going to do like meet and greets, like either for the Held Hostage Show or any of your other... Do meet and greets get canceled now because of COVID, or how does that work? Well, on my on my a lot of my tours, I got sick on this last tour, but I didn't do any meet and greets. I'll meet fans if I'm leaving. Sometimes you can't even help it, mm-hmm. uh, or or some promoter or agent would want to bring all the friends back. But I I don't try to do too many of them as much right now because of of it around. But again, <coughs> listen, I'm vaccinated and boosted and supposed to be okay so i got you gotta live you gotta meet people yeah because that's a big part of the revenue for bands isn't it yeah well i sent tom out first yeah. and if tom comes back coughing then i don't go out i'm like the canary in the coal mine yeah yeah i was actually i was okay about dying from covid until i joined held hostage <laughs> Oh God, this humor is dark. I love it. I love the dark humor. Um, sorry, not to be too stereotypical, because I'm sure you get asked this stuff all the time about how you joined Judas Priest. Everybody knows the story, uh, but this is a question I want to ask you that I don't think anyone's asked you, because you the, the people don't understand the story. You were in the cover band of Judas Priest, uh, but actually, when they called you, you were in a Seattle grunge-based cover band, right? So, yeah. do you ever wonder what if KK didn't call you? And or or you maybe you turned him down and you stuck with it. You were perfecting your Chris Cornell sound. What if you had stuck with well, that? Do you think your career would have taken a different path? Well, I had a real job. That was just something I did on the side. I was never planning on being a musician or anything, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, when I got the call from them, that was just something I did on the side. And, and um, but yeah, Chris Cornell actually was a great influence of mine and helped me learn how to sing even better. You know, I mean, Chris Cornell, he was a lot more of a heavy metal singer at that time than the heavy metal singers were. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you have Jesus Christ was like, can you stare at me? It's like, he was metal, you know? And, um, but I just, I still had other stuff. I just got a lucky break and got a phone call. And listen, I quit the Judas Priest tribute band because I wasn't singing it very good at that time. And I quit. And, uh, I think, Doing the Chris Cornell stuff got me back in the in the shape of doing it, but you know I got a lucky break and and uh, and ran with it. Yeah, I mean it's so many freaking projects I can't keep track of all of them. Is there anything? What else are you doing right now besides you got Held Hostage, KK's Priest Solo? What else is current? Three Trimmers just put one out last year. I, well, listen, if you're gonna Pyramid Band, it's a it's a alternative rock kind of a progressive rock thing I did. That's coming out. A guest singer on will be the second record. But the biggest one now that I've come out will be the the solo Ripper record with Jamie Joss to produce. And the EP is coming out first. And then next year we'll put out a full length. So six song EP is coming out first. Probably for the end of October. So End of October. Okay. And then you will tour as a solo artist. And you'll do songs from all your different projects? Yeah, that's now that COVID's 
let me do it. That's what I do a lot of this tour solo. And now I can start booking that again and Ripper and putting this, this other stuff out. It makes it even a bigger possibilities to do other, uh, look at some festivals and things like that next year. Okay. How do you do all, how do you have such a, is it work ethic? Is it just your talent or, uh, I mean, is it cocaine? I don't know. How do you keep up with all these different projects? I couldn't get the Bolivian cocaine back. So, uh, no, it's, uh, I got to pay the bills. You know, I'm a musician. Uh, it's funny because people get mad at me because I do so many things. And then I said, well, so you want me to do one thing? If I did one thing, I would have a regular job and you would never see me doing anything. Now, I sing at home in the studio for people all around the world all week, all, all the time. I do it all the time. Um but then when I get to go on, you know, I stay busy. It helps pay the bills. Oh, it does pay the bills. And then I, but now touring solo is great because I go to these other countries and I have bands that have backed me up for years and I go there and do <coughs> tours and, you know, pretty, pretty lucky to do it. Yeah, no, very cool. Well, I know you guys got to get going. Uh, Held Hostage is the album that's out right now. It's on Spotify. Can people order, uh, does the vinyl, is that in yet or uh, is that still back ordered? It hasn't went into vinyl yet, but it'll be next year on vinyl. Okay. One that we signed with a new record company, Fire Rock Music Group. Um, the CD sales have been incredible. We're, they're very happy, so we are definitely going to vinyl. Um, this was our first record with them. We signed a five-record deal, so we're very happy with them. You know, we we got some more, a lot, lot more music coming out. Okay, very cool. And then is there a charity you want to promote here at the end? I don't know, mental health or veterans? or Absolutely. Uh, mental health right now i would say that's one of our biggest things with the song rise and uh i mean our new video releases a couple weeks on rise right a couple two weeks the video comes out for rise and uh very excited about that and it's actually a concept video nobody in the band is in this video it's all about the cause inside okay well thanks so much guys it's been a blast we'll have to do it again all right thank you man all right enjoy your lunch all right thanks bye thanks again to tom and tim the band is held hostage the album is called great american rock check out their website for more details i've also included tim's website in the show notes along with my own so you can find new stuff old stuff social media links everything and uh make sure to subscribe to this show wherever you listen so that you'll be up to date with future episodes thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your day and remember to shoot for the moon (laughs) 